listening to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday afternoon. Let's turn to our first topic and guests of today. In the next fifteen minutes or so, we're hearing about an upcoming TEDx Ten How Countdown, which is happening on Saturday, the seventeenth of October. And this year's event is part of the Global Countdown Collaboration, which has a special focus on climate change. And to tell us a bit more, I'm super delighted to be joined by Jen Flowers, the founder and chair of TEDx Ten How Women, and also TEDx. Shanghai Women and Victoria Gilbert, who's also in the leadership team of TEDx Tenhao Women and head of Te- TEDx Tenhao Countdown. Welcome to the program, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. We are also on Facebook Live as well. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio Three is the page to go to, and you'll be able to see and hear uh, Jen and Victoria there. Um, also, I hope the Wi-Fi uh, is all right. It looks a bit frozen, but never mind. It will. It will. It will return. Um, maybe I'll start off with you first, uh, Jen. So you founded uh, TEDx Tenhao Women. Can you tell us a little bit more about it, and where did it begin, and how did it start? Um, yes, definitely. Thanks for having us again today. So uh, TEDx Tinhao Women uh, started in 2017 um, with two other uh, leadership team members with us, Stephanie Myers and Daniela Lopez. We were all involved with TEDx Shanghai Women and all lived in Shanghai. And when we first moved here, we thought. Well, there's a lot of women events and a lot of women organizations that we didn't really need a TED platform. You also had great ones like TEDx Hong Kong, TEDx Wan Chai, TEDx Kowloon, and a lot of the universities. Where Shanghai, we didn't really have that, so we waited a year, and then we realized there was a lot of events that were women in law, women in finance, women entrepreneurs, women, you know, stay-at-home moms, working moms, but there wasn't one platform that could bring everybody together from university to elderly entrepreneurs, artists, corporate. So we got really excited and said, "Let's do it." So we launched our first event in 2017, and have done one annually every year as part of TED Women Global.、Um, we grew from I think 400 our first event to a thousand through the door last year. Congratulations! Thank、wow. you. And we've built a really nice community in Hong Kong. However, this year we made the decision early on to look at countdown. Um, and then, given COVID and what had happened, we decided not to hold hold the big women event because the joy of that is the networking, and do things a little bit different. But we'll be back next year. Well,、uh, perfect timing because you know this is definitely on some on everybody's minds. This whole concept of the climate em- emergency. So maybe、uh, w- with this year's special focus on the climate emergency, maybe let's bring in Victoria as well. Now you're head of、uh, the Tenhao,、uh, the the TEDx Tenhao countdown. Tell us a little bit more about that. How did this begin? How did your rope?、Uh, were you part of? You're part of the TEDx Tenhao、uh, Women、yes. Initiative.、Um, how did this begin to transition to Countdown then?、Um, so yeah, so I'm part of the TEDx Tenhao Women Leadership Team.、Um, it's actually Jen that roped me in.、Uh, <laughs> she she has a habit of doing that.、Um, so I was an attendee at the event she talked about in Shanghai. Was super inspired. Also found myself in Hong Kong a couple years later,、um, and was part of the. The first event, like Jen said, with 400 people, and then it's all escalated from there. And then this year,、um, as you know, and I'm really happy that you used the word climate emergency,、um, because I think it's becoming more and more apparent that that is where we're at, unfortunately.、Um, and TED Global said that they were going to do an event called Countdown, and this is a global event focused on 
what they call the climate crisis, so emergency or crisis, whichever word you want to use, same same message. Um, and the idea is to accelerate solutions for the crisis. So they have a goal um, in, in line with the global goals of cutting greenhouse gas emissions by 50% by 2030, which is ambitious, but it's what's needed, needed. if you look at the science. Um, and for us, we, we looked at what was going on in the community and what people are thinking about and worried about. Um, some research actually I was looking at this morning is saying that in light of the pandemic, people are actually more likely to take environmental action than less uh, because people are now more aware of the environment surrounding them. So for us, this was the ideal opportunity to do an event, um, but focus on something that is very pertinent this year, that's very relevant on a global scale, but also in Hong Kong. So our event, which we'll talk about a bit more in a minute, will be our way of addressing sustainable issues um, and sort of spreading ideas that we can then catalyze the community to do something about. That's so interesting. You, you, well, we were talking about the climate emergency, but I think in terms of urgency, in terms of the level of urgency, I think there's a real difference uh, in attitudes between people. There are a group of people who really believe now is the time, you know, it, otherwise it'll be too late. And then there are some people who still don't really get that level of, of urgency. Um, what's your feeling on that? Um, Jen? Yeah, I think the interesting thing is it's out of sight, out of mind. If it's not impacting their daily lives, they're not taking, um, uh, they're not engaging with it. And one of the things we're trying to do at this uh, event on the 17th, and is not just before, but after as well. So educating, because when you educate, then it's not out of sight, out of mind. They know about it. So that day we're doing workshops on upcycling jewelry, uh, um, recycling of clothing, um, food sustainability. Ability. We're looking at uh, beach cleanups, everything, because if we engage the community and they see it, we may start to have that mind shift. And that's what it's all about, education. Yeah. Victoria? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think to your point about the different people see it differently, there's... Um I think there's almost a consensus that the younger generations, especially millennials and Gen Z, find this... Um, I mean, they've grown up with it. It's like a given. They learn mm. about it at school. They're very active. One of our speakers is, in fact, you know, part of that younger generation. And great speakers. We'll get yeah. to that. Yeah. yeah, their speakers are super, super exciting. And I think that just speaks to the fact that people from different generations are looking at it, but it really is the younger generation that's sort of driving it. And what we're trying to do with the lunches with the workshops on the day is sort of start engaging with these people in the community who already have businesses and have operations but are thinking about this and are looking at ways that they can change their operations or influence their customers and us as a community means that we can be part of that and then we can start to try and get more people to take action uh, I guess riding on those who already believe it's urgent yeah well let's talk about this year's speakers and exciting lineup indeed mm -hmm. um, please go ahead Victoria yeah well we've got Jen. super 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 speakers um, if you go to our website, they're all named and they've all got a blurb. So if I don't get all of the names absolutely spot on, <laughs> then forgive me. But you can go to the website and see that. And I assume there will be a link or maybe we'll do a shout out afterwards for how you access more information. Um, but one of our speakers is called Jonathan. He is a historical and marine ecologist. I've had numerous conversations with him. Super interesting, fascinating. He's actually just uh, released some of his research about coral reefs in Hong Kong. Um, so he's looking at how uh, humans have an influence on, on nature, particularly coral reefs. And he does this with a really great analogy uh, with his career as an athlete. 
Um, I'm not going to give you any more than that because I'll give away what his talk <laughs> we'll is about. Go. It's going to be fantastic and his knowledge of coral reefs in Hong Kong is beyond the pale. He kept me entertained for like numerous conversations. I could learn every day from him. Uh, the, we've then got Peggy Chan, who is looking at food sustainability. So she has a lot of expertise in sustainable food sources, in plant-based food. So we know that that's a real growing trend in Asia, specifically. Um, so she's had a number of initiatives here in Hong Kong and now works to see how you can bring that into um, restaurant operations and any kind of food sustainability. There's then Tanya, who's looking at uh, materials. So she is um, thinking about when we make decisions as consumers, what, what are we thinking about or what are we not thinking about and how we can make better decisions in terms of what we choose to buy or not buy and where they come from and how that can actually affect our psychology. So there's a really interesting twist to the sort of fashion conversation. There's then Ollie, who is um, talking about sustainable aviation, which is very interesting this year, obviously because n nobody's really gone anywhere, um, which makes it all the more interesting because he is looking at the environmental impact of flying and how we can potentially reduce that. Um, so sustainable travel, which I think is going to be very, very high on the agenda going forward, especially in light of 2020 activities or lack of activities uh, he's got some really interesting ideas uh, of how that's going to happen and then our last set of speakers is uh, Keelim and Lau Lau is uh, who I just mentioned who is the youngest of the bunch uh, he is super super enthusiastic he is a climate activist they're going to be talking about um, communicating with people and bringing in um, the education piece, I guess, that Jen was just talking about. So how to actually get people to understand, be active. They've both got their own independent stories and it's going to be a conversation between the two to show how we can help to activate and encourage individuals to, to take action. I have to fill in that if people are hearing banging and stuff. It's because the camera is sort of frozen. <laughs> so we've had to make shift using a different camera. So kudos uh, to Victoria and Jen for, for putting up with this. This is an incredible lineup of, of speakers. How did you go about sort of curating it? Was it a, a, a challenge sort of mixing up the people representing different areas of sustainability? How did you go about curating um, such a wide range of speakers? Yeah, so I'll start there sure. and a, a big shout out to our head of curation, Trina, if you're listening. Yeah, um, she big, has been you. amazing on this. So our curation process evolves every year. Uh, in general, we, we have the committee who are obviously love TED Talks and TEDx Talks, so they, they know what it takes. And so a lot of times they'll nominate. In the past, we've also done open mic nights, which has been really good. Given COVID, it, we weren't uh, able to. So we did a, a massive nomination list. We reached out and said, you've been nominated. Are you interested? And we had them send um, short videos. Then everybody on the committee went through those videos and did ratings because some people resonate with different stories. So we wanted a wide variety. And we couldn't even get it just from there. There were some, definitely, this must be there, but there were other ones. Such a great story, such a great movement, but what's different? How Are they really innovative? Will people walk away saying, I never thought of that, and now I'm gonna do something? So from there, then we, we sat down and either had individual conversations and talks with them to say, what is the big message? What's the big idea? And making sure that that got there and then made the final couple decisions. Wow, that's, that's actually not an easy feat. <laughs> we won't talk about the ones that got rejected. Maybe the ones 
maybe that's a topic for for another time. Mm -hmm. So in terms of this year's speakers, what can we expect from them, and and, and what sort of changes uh, will will TEDx talks really make on, on the audience? Sometimes, you know, how impactful will, will that be? Um. Well, I guess I'll give my perspective if I step back a couple of years um, to my first experience of going to a TED talk, like I mentioned in Shanghai. So, generally, I think was hobbling around on a broken foot at the time, and and uh, pregnant, and was pregnant. Yeah, it was that. That was memorable. But I have to say, sorry, the speakers were more memorable um, because it was the first time I'd been to an event where everybody was quite diverse. Um, but everybody had an awesome idea, and the emotional sort of roller coaster that you went on while you were sat in the room was phenomenal. Mm. And when we went out, um, the discussion, and I'm still having the discussion to this day with some of the people that were there, it was just it really sparked something. And I think that's what we aim to do with all of our speakers. Um, Jen just said, you know, we asked them like, what is the idea? Like, what's the thing that you've got that somebody else either hasn't? spoken about yet or the way in which you frame it is interesting and I think with all of our speakers we've they've all got us something that I think is going to keep the audience really engaged um, they're all obviously quite diverse in terms of topics sustainability is a huge topic uh, the climate crisis can be addressed from multiple angles so I think actually the diversity of our speakers talks to that as well yeah, you mentioned a really good point just now as well, um, uh, Victoria, and that is the the role of the younger generation. Um, they're really driving the change. You know, you see, they're really, really conscious and mindful. Uh, actually, the older generation as well. I have to give a shout out to my grandma, who's eighty seven, <laughs> and I caught her washing cling film, and um, she wow. she reuses the cl the cling yeah. film again and again, and it, it comes from that generation. So, what happened to you know the the middle generation? What happened, baby boomers? I don't want to you know point fingers at them. Low um, cost manufacturing. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> that's what happened. Yeah, when much. it's cheap and easy and disposable. Yeah, and, and convenience. And convenient, exactly. So what role is the younger generation doing now to really change and shift this mindset? Yeah, so people like Lance, um, are, you know, every Friday he goes out and has like a strike with signs and just tries to talk to people. Um, one of our uh, leads, uh, one of the people leading Countdown with us too, Sheetal, has a daughter. She's eight years old and she's doing, Devani, she's doing the same. She's, yeah, you know, out awesome. there saying, what are you doing? Our planet is going to be destroyed. I want to have a life and kids and there are going to be no next generations. So their voice because of things like social and you know what's happening, they have a voice where I don't think we really did, you know, and growing up in 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 well, when I grew up, I'm not going to say that when that was, but there was not social media. Uh, so I, I think it's exciting that the younger generation can see things like Greta on TV and yeah. understand and go to the oceans and see trash, which I didn't see when I grew up, and all of that, and then say, wait, this is not all right. Animals with their you know, plastic around their arms or even the face masks are getting stuck in and say, why, why are we allowing this to happen and have a voice and, and question? Yeah. Um, Victoria? Yeah, I tend to agree. So I think the fact that they are speaking out is huge. And it's huge on two points. I think one is they're the ones pointing fingers. So you said you didn't want to, but we'll leave it to the eight-year-olds and the 11-year-olds in the world who are turning around and saying to their parents and to their teachers, why is it this way? Why does it have to be like this? Why can't we do something else? So I think that's a really, really powerful message. And then I think also the fact that um, it's a form of education. So they're not only educating themselves by asking questions, but they're also educating the other generations to say, oh, how, mm, we didn't think about that. Oh, good point. Um, so I think 
there's sort of education then going in both directions, which is really, really powerful. And we're starting to see some, not all, um, high-profile people talking about this as well. And I think that, especially in a world of social media, media is very, very inf influential because people see like, okay, it's not just like, government's talking about this or it's not just my geography teacher talking about this it's loads of people and it's people who I respect and admire and I think that once those conversations go in both directions then we start to see a little bit of catalyst for action. Uh -huh. I think, you know, I think one thing to add, which is really exciting, we were talking about here, because we're going to be doing it for the event, is that there's the technology allows you to also do the offset yeah. of your carbon footprint. So kids nowadays can say, oh, mommy, we're going on Thailand for a holiday. Guess what we have to do for the next month to make up for that and yeah. make change. And that, that didn't exist. And we're going to be doing it for our event. Every taxi we take, you know, everything that we buy, everything that we use, what is that carbon footprint? And what are we going to tell the audience and everybody listening to go and do to offset doing this event? And that is where children are going to really, the younger generation is going to make a, a major impact and difference. They're the ones, they're the future and they're the ones driving the change to an extent um, mm -hmm. also. We've got five minutes left. Time really flies while we're having fun. I, <laughs> I do want to talk about how COVID-19 and how the pandemic has really thrown a spanner into the works. I felt like there were more people talking about, you know, single-use plastics and, and not to use it. And then suddenly it's come back in the forefront and, and everybody wanted things to be clean and everybody wanted to use single-use plastic. I mean, what has the impact of COVID-19 been on this whole climate crisis? And also to your event as well. Has it thrown any spanner in, in the works for, for, for you? Well, I guess the first one was a thousand people in a room was not going to happen. Yes. <laughs> um, we would love to that to happen. But I will say on the positive side, it's made us look at what's the role of technology? How can we use technology to get our message as far and wide as we want it to go and actually be able to access people within the confines of the COVID rules, I guess. So that's that's on the positive side. On the environmental side, like I mentioned earlier, I think people are now more aware. Um, I think there are specific examples like the plastic, uh, single use plastic where people sort of all of a sudden were like, oh, no, you can't take your own cup into a cof and, into a coffee and shop. And people did it anyway as well, some. Yeah. 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 I actually had an experience where I took and I said, well, I'd really rather not use this. And so, I mean, I don't know if this is against the rules or not, but the coffee shop, she said, well, I can pour it in a in a like um as if you're going to stay here oh. like into a mug oh and then, and then you, you yourself can pour it into your own keep cup so yeah. <laughs> we never wasted any plastic or cardboard or anything uh, we just went through a bit of a laborious process and i spilled the coffee um <laughs> in order to do it so i guess there are ways around it um but i do think that it's a wave i think that it was a knee-jerk reaction nobody really knew, knew what to do everybody was like okay quick wear masks use hand sanitizer and i think all of those precautions i mean health has to be first and foremost because if we're not healthy then the rest of it do doesn't matter but i think there will be a wave and i think we're already seeing people turn around and say actually the way in which we've gone about this we can be more sustainable in doing it and we're starting to see lots of things come out in terms of products that are actually addressing both the health issue and also the environmental issue at the same time and there's loads of innovation and i think that's really exciting um the link between sustainability and innovation i actually just put a blog on our um our tedx tinha women mm -hmm. uh, linkedin about this this week um about the intersection between sustainability and innovation because i think we're moving in a direction whereby sustainability requires innovation um so there's loads and loads of stuff coming out and there's loads of great technologies and ideas and products. And I think 
as we go through this process and as our community go through this process, we're also learning as we go. Like there's this awesome technology that we can use and or there's this great product that's, you know, just been released in Hong Kong. So I think that's really exciting actually. Yeah. That COVID in a way is making us think differently and it's making us innovate. Yeah, well, let's very quickly turn to some uh, tips for our listeners. What can we do right now? It's 10 days before the event, but what can we start doing if we're not already doing that? Jen? Um, I, I think there's tips. One, please come and listen, whether you do it um, live, where it's streamed. There's various ways, so go to our website and check it out. But um, it, keep the message going after that. You can watch the talks on, on YouTube, and there's going to be some practical tips. I mean, things that we've done as a community in our group alone is even when we meet for meetings, it's no plastic water bottles. Bring your own food in you know, a self-container. We try not to really order out, and if we do, we do things from like mana that are you know, sustainable and recyclable and combustible or whatever, whatever <laughs> bowl they are, um, that you know, we're, we're staying true to our own kind of messages. I mean, for me, just meeting people like Tanya Sabri, who's on our committee too this year, I, I've never bought a plastic toothbrush again. I've uh, my laundry slope is that new true one that's Without just the, a strip, yeah. so no big plastic bottles no with packaging. liquid and no yeah, packaging. Yeah. There's all these things that we don't know about, and uh, one of the things we talked about, and Sean, our head of Marcoms, is can we come up with this list and just give it to everyone because they want to know and they want convenience. All right, we're, we're running out of time, but we are giving away two tickets. All you need to do is uh, make a post and hashtag join the countdown and also hashtag uh, countdown HK and also hashtag RTHK123 show. And we'll be giving uh, two tickets uh, to two lucky winners. So do support the event, which is happening on the 17th of October. And thank you very much uh, to Victoria and Jen for your time this afternoon. Thank you very much.